Super Talk Mississippi media production. In the Mississippi Legislature, House Bill 728 funds health care for illegal immigrants. Call your legislator today at 601-359-3770. Ask them to stop House Bill 728. It's not too late. You can help stop this. Paid for by Building America's Future. What's up? Good morning on a Tuesday. I am a little behind this morning because I sat here and was just kind of waiting for the regional projections to drop. And and as of right now, they haven't. I thought they were supposed to come out at 8 o'clock this morning. I know they come out on Tuesdays, so I don't know what the heck happened. But uh, I've been waiting to get regional projections before I joined you guys this morning, and they are, they're not out. So hopefully they'll come out by the time I'm done with you, but uh, I am on a bit of a time schedule here, and so I had to go live eventually, even though I didn't have regional projections. But even without them, I can still get into something with you. A newfound, um, newfound stakes this weekend, um, good and bad. For Ole Miss and for Mississippi State, as we learned yesterday from Scott Barry, Southern Miss was trying to get some opponents this weekend. Uh, they were trying and couldn't get it done. Uh, there was there's a team from the West Coast that wanted to come play them, but then their RPI got better, so they don't want to come play them anymore. Kind of a mess there. Uh, so Southern Miss will not be playing this weekend, but Ole Miss and Mississippi State, there's something on the line now, more so anyway than we thought going into last weekend, but the surprising results um, from last weekend have kind of changed the way that we should look at this weekend. So I'll get into that. Plus, there are some quarterback rankings that came out. You guys know this by now, and I've warned you about this, that there is going to be nothing but awful quarterback takes when it comes to specifically Matt Corral, but in college football in general, entering this season. People are so lost in the brands on the helmets, they cannot possibly look past that and actually watch games. I mean, I know it's a it's a crazy concept, but we have another really bad list that came out yesterday, and uh, I'm going to show you that and uh, rip into it a little bit. I will get to a couple of messages first, and then uh, we'll get started. Uh, Wayne says, good afternoon. Man, I know I'm late. I know. <laughs> I was waiting for regional projections to come out. They haven't come out yet. I guess I kind of know what they're going to say, but I'm interested to see how much Ole Miss moved up and how much um, Mississippi State potentially fell backwards because of what happened last weekend and and stuff like that. But we're going to press on. I don't know what's taken them so long to just hit publish on these projections, but we're going to push on. Uh, JP says, uh, good morning, non sequitur off the jump play in games. We're not going to discuss them. There's an NBA logo in your banner. Uh, yeah, I'm going to, uh, I have just been told many, many times, uh, by a lot of you that nobody at all cares about the NBA and I should never talk about it. And if I do talk about it, I'm a Marxist sympathizer. So, um, that's why I've avoided it because I have been told that nobody cares and that's why, Nobody listens to my stuff is because I am a fan of the NBA. So that's why I've avoided it. Yeah. 
good times. Very good times. Um, people are shocked somehow that the professional sports commentator likes a sport. Pretty crazy, right? Anyway, um, what is on the line this weekend? I am specifically, yeah, I know, JP, I, I know, but that, that's really what it comes down to. I will be talking about the West Coast games tomorrow. I'm not really interested in tonight's, to tell you the truth, um, but Spurs, Grizz, and Lakers, Warriors is going to be awesome, just awesome. So I am going to talk about tomorrow. Talk about that tomorrow, regardless of what people say to me, honestly. Um, it, it's not like anybody's paying for this, and it's not like I have any sponsors on this to uh, to be beholden to. So I'm going to do what I want to do tomorrow, and that's talk about the playing games. But for right now, what is on the line this weekend? And I think things have changed a lot. I keep refreshing my Twitter feed. I'm kind of stalling a little bit to see if these – uh, regional projections will come out by the time uh, I actually have to start talking about it, and it looks like they're not going to. So basically, it's two different things now. So going into last weekend, you guys heard me say it right here, that Mississippi State basically, they've got a national seed locked up. They're playing two teams that they're better than in Missouri and Alabama. Alabama's actually trending up a little bit. In fact, a lot of people think that they're going to play themselves into the tournament. Um they started out really poorly, and they've trended better lately. They, it's a more difficult challenge now than what you thought they were going to be about five weeks ago or whatever the case may be. Alabama's gotten a little bit better. But still, going into these last two weekends, I thought that, you know, it doesn't matter. Mississippi State's going to take two at worst from Missouri. You know, even if they go and lose one uh, at Alabama, you know, it doesn't really matter because – they're going to be a national seed. But losing this series last weekend, I think, changed things a little bit. And now, based on what the projections say later, um, I think it's really this simple. I think Mississippi State has to win the series this weekend in order to be a national seed. I think if they lose this series, they could play themselves out of that top eight national seed standing. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I am, and we'll see when the rankings come out today. But I anticipate Mississippi State being somewhere around six or seven in the national seed rankings and losing another series to a lesser opponent, I think, will be the difference in them being a national seed or not. So this weekend for Mississippi State, um, Zach says projections are delayed trying to find a way to bump Missouri into that number 16 spot. <laughs> um, yeah, look, Missouri played really well this weekend, but... I still have the same feelings I had about Missouri going into the weekend as I do now. Um, with a couple of days to think on it, I still think that result was more of Mississippi State playing like absolute garbage. I mean, yes, you've got to credit your opponent for playing well and whatever. Uh, no, Mississippi State stepped all over their own feet all weekend, and that's really the only reason why they lost. That's my story, and I'm sticking to it. Um but I think it's really that simple for, for Mississippi State this weekend. I think a, a series loss will bump them out of the national seed. I think a series win would solidify that. And going into last weekend, you didn't think that there were going to be that kind of stakes this weekend on the line starting Thursday night. But here we are. I think it's really that simple uh, for, for Mississippi State and what's on the line. A little bit different for Ole Miss. They're going to need some help. But, and I don't think this is going to happen anyway, Uh because I don't think they're sweeping Georgia. 
they just don't pitch it well enough to do it. I mean, yes, they just beat Vanderbilt and all that, but you guys saw it as much as I did. They don't pitch it well enough. I, I could not at this point mark them down for a sweep of anybody at the moment just because they don't pitch it well enough. However, just for fun, let's just throw this out there. If Ole Miss does happen to sweep Georgia this weekend, it is entirely possible with a little bit of help that they have played themselves into consideration for a top eight seed. And then Hoover matters a whole lot more for them because they can get there. Numbers, what was it, two, three, four, and six lost their series this past weekend. I think it was two, three, four, and six. So things are are right there for the taking if they can find a way to, to sneak up and sweep Georgia this weekend. I think that's really the only path. As far as hosting, they only have to get one. If they get one this weekend, then Hoover's kind of obsolete, truthfully, and uh, they will host a regional and, and all will be well. Going into last weekend, I thought that I, I kept saying three and six last week. I feel so stupid going back and listening to it. No, it wasn't three and six, it was three and three over the next six. But um, anyway, that still holds true. After this series win over Vanderbilt, if they go to Athens and just take one, they will be a host. Every historical metric will say that they will be a host. Um, but if they ha- happen to find a way to, to maybe sweep that series, probably not with two. It's probably too late. But there is more on the line for them this weekend than what a lot of us initially thought. There is a path. It is one that requires a little bit of help, but there is a path for them to get to that top eight seed. I think there's no doubt about it. There's no doubt about it at all. As I keep refreshing, I don't know what is taking these guys so freaking long to get these out there. But anyway, um, I think it's really that simple. State, they have to win the series this weekend, or or if not, I think they're going to drop out of a national seed. Ole Miss, they probably have to sweep if they want to play themselves into consideration for a national seed. Stakes this weekend, ones that um, we didn't think we were going to get, and not ones that go on the grill. However, it's a good weekend to do it. The weather's supposed to be amazing. We've got like another week and a half of really comfortable like outside weather before it starts to get really hot around here. So uh, enjoy it while you still can. Wayne says there's talk about Hoover being only 50% capacity. What's your take on that? Um, Yeah, that was the initial thought anyway. And it doesn't sound like the regionals are going to change. In fact, Kendall Rogers, who, I mean, very clearly is connected uh, with people that are making the decisions for baseball in the NCAA, he has said that they don't anticipate a change in capacity restrictions for for the regionals. Um, they don't anticipate that. And if Hoover does the same, they haven't made that formal announcement. There's actually some buzz that they may be changing their mind and um, – I think it's the 22nd, right, is when they make the formal final announcement for tickets and whatnot. Um, Because they don't know who's showing up, obviously. I mean, this last weekend, uh, there's still things on the line. I think Missouri and Auburn play each other, and the winner of that series will will get to go, stuff like that. So I think on Saturday when they make the announcement, it would be more. Uh, At least that's kind of what people around here anticipate, that they're going to expand what was initially thought. But I've noticed this a lot lately. Now that you have had new recommendations from the actual experts, 
and at times the overly cautious experts from, but the actual experts say now that being outside, your risk is minimal at absolute best, um, extremely minimal. And the vaccine is readily available for anybody who wants it. And at this point, that's why you're seeing states open up and the states that have opened up, like the Neanderthals in Texas and Mississippi, we haven't seen cases increase since the Neanderthals did what the Neanderthals did because the vaccine's readily available and these big gatherings are all happening outside. And they have said that the, the risk is very, very minimal when that is the case, which is a great thing. And New York City's opening up. You had a packed house in Raleigh last night for the Preds at the Hurricanes. Looked awesome uh, because we can do that now. We have learned that we can do that now. And the NCAA and then other politicians in cities that have decided to go against what the actual experts say now for the sake of, I don't know, honestly, and that's not really what the, this show's about, but um, restricting capacity at this point doesn't appear to be rooted in actual advice from the experts at the Center for Disease Control. Why is it that local mandates are good when they are not like the ones in Mississippi and Texas? Doesn't make sense. Maybe some places that are awarded regionals can only have a crowd up to 50%. That's okay if local mandates dictate that. But why are theirs the correct ones and ours are the incorrect ones? doesn't make any sense. Um, if you want the shot, you can get it. Uh, there is nobody forcing you to go to these games. If you are not comfortable in a large crowd, you don't have to, to be in one. It's a pretty remarkable thing. Um, you can choose to do stuff. It's pretty awesome. So if that is, in fact, what they do, I'd be surprised. But... Um, it just wouldn't be rooted in what is current reality right now. So anyway, uh, I'll believe it when I see it. But if it does happen, then especially the regionals happening like that doesn't make any sense. I, I mean, o Ole Miss and Mississippi State have had crowds 10,000 plus for two months. Hasn't affected case numbers at all. But when regionals come, got to cut it in half for reasons that are not actually rooted in any kind of reality. So I am very much looking forward to the day where that's, this isn't a talking point anymore. Um, very much looking forward to that day. I'm I'm honestly kind of ex I'm exhausted by it. It's it's just crazy capacity limitations and all that. Um, we're on the tail end of it. It's almost over. Uh, the NCAA making nonsense decisions. If you can believe it, I love ripping them apart, but I, I cannot stand the governing body of college athletics. I, I think that they are an absolute joke, and it kind of frustrates me because we could do so much better. Like this women's golf thing, just a, a perfect example. Barstool Sports is doing a better job at governing college sports than the NCAA. I mean, what, what are we doing here? What, what are we doing here? Um, 
And now everybody's scared of their own shadow. It, it, when, when smart people are telling you something and you still refuse to listen, we shouldn't cater to your fears anymore. I don't know. I don't know if that makes any sense or not, but anyway. Speaking of things that don't make sense, I want you guys to check this out right here. So I'm going to share this screen for you. And um, so you guys can see this yourself. Here is another. This is from RJ Young. He's with Fox Sports. He made a list of college football quarterbacks, the top 10 quarterback power rankings from RJ Young. And if you're listening in podcast, uh, you, you can't see this, obviously, so I'm just going to read them to you. Number one, Spencer Rattler from Oklahoma. Really bad start to last year, closed well. Uh, Sam Howell from North Carolina, number two. I'm okay with both of these, although I think Howell, right now, I would probably have better than Rattler. I, I know it's easy to joke about Sam Howell because he's in a Phil Longo offense, but watch, watch the kid play. He can play. And North Carolina's possibly going to be really good this year, and they have a schedule that sets up well for them. Uh, DJ Uwiangugugugugalile, uh, the quarterback at Clemson, he has number three, which I am more than okay with. I think, although in limited action, um, in a couple of starts, DJ showed you that he is just as capable as Trevor Lawrence. In fact, I don't think Clemson offensively is going to miss a beat. And like I said that on the radio show, and one of the other two guys on the show said, well, you just have to have a drop-off after Trevor Lawrence. You just have to. Well, you might not. Uh, because when you watch this kid play, I, I don't know if there there's anything that he can't do that Lawrence could do. He has JT Daniels at number four. Bryce Young from Alabama at number five. Casey Thompson from Texas at number six. Miles Brennan from LSU at number seven. Keaton Slovis from Southern Cal at number eight. Jaden Daniels from Arizona State. Pretty underrated quarterback. A guy that doesn't get a whole lot of press because of where he plays at number nine. And De'Eric King at number 10. So I'm not even going to necessarily make this about Matt Corral. But here's example number five this offseason of him being the most understood or misunderstood quarterback in college football. Uh, The least watched, the least evaluated. I mean, I gave you an example a couple weeks ago of somebody saying that arm strength uh, was his issue, which is just made up, just completely made up. Uh, Another example of another person saying that um, the reason why Matt Corral threw interceptions last year was because he was playing from behind too much, uh, which is also not the case at at all. Um, I guess just nobody watched him or or even looks at numbers. I mean, he was third in college football in QBR last year, and the two guys in front of him went in the first round, and the guy behind him, went in the first round, and the guy that was fifth also got drafted. He's the only quarterback in the top five returning in QBR, efficiency, all that. He was the best in college football coming back. But this list, this power ranking, includes two guys that have never started a game before. Never started a game. And Bryce Young and Casey Thompson. And then includes Miles Brennan, who may not be his team starter. Like, it's not guaranteed that he's going to be starting in LSU or at LSU, and you have him in the top 10. Why? What does Miles Brennan do 
that and I'm keeping it local because it doesn't make any sense. What does Miles Brennan do that Matt Corral is not better than him at? What does Miles Brennan do that Corral is not better than him at? Find me one thing, one thing that he is better than Matt Corral at. One thing. You can't. He might not even start. I mean, at LSU closed the season really well. And in part because of quarterback play. And he wasn't part of it. That's a real quarterback competition there. That That is not something that is set in stone at all. And Casey Thompson is there just because he's got Texas on his helmet. That That's exclusively it. He's got Texas on his helmet. Therefore, well, he's going to be good, even though Texas has been great at churning out quarterbacks over the last 10, 15 years. I mean, since Vince Young, you know, Texas has just been awesome at the quarterback position, right? But we still give them the brand benefit of the doubt. And I'm sure Bryce Young is just going to have a spectacular season, but he hasn't started a game yet. He hasn't taken one meaningful snap in college football, but yet he's the number five quarterback in, in college football right now? There was a guy that Feinbaum had on that uh, they had to to make their perfect quarterback, and his attribute for big playability was Bryce Young. How do you know? He's thrown for 156 yards in his career, like total. And you're choosing his – it's it's insane. And what this is doing, especially now that that we are obviously very close to somebody that belongs in these conversations, um, it's becoming quite clear that there's a void in college football coverage, I think. I, I don't think it's covered as in-depth as we think it is. Seriously, because you have websites like Saturday Down South that does it. I mean, Rivals has an entire network of local coverage, and local coverage is great, and it's needed. It's far better than what you get nationally, but you don't have a D1Baseball.com for college football, at least not an adequate one, not one that actually really covers and understands college football that gives balance and credit to everybody regardless of what's on their helmet. You don't get that. I swear that's really our biggest problem here is you've got a bunch of people that um, that comment on the sport that don't watch it. I think that's really what it is. There, There is a void right now of great college football coverage. There, there's a void. Um, I think the Athletic does a good job with, with how they – I like the features more so than they're just standard covered, like lists and stuff like that. Um, But they could do better. Everybody could do better covering college football right now. JB says, list season, what can you say? It's uh, entertaining to hear you take these dudes to task for a lazy journal. Yeah, I mean, if I made a list right now, it could probably be ripped apart as well. I'm sure it could. But it would not include somebody who might not be a starter for his team, and it would not include somebody that's never taking a meaningful snap in college football right now. And that that one has two guys on it that have never taken a meaningful snap yet. Otherwise, you're just putting a helmet up there versus an actual player. I mean, my gosh, the guy at Liberty belongs on this list over those three. Look at what he did last year. I'll, I'll read these stats to you. Um, 
I think it, and what's crazy, he, he's an Auburn transfer. So imagine what Auburn would be if they decided to go with this guy over uh, Bo Nix. But Malik Willis, here's what he did last year. And this doesn't include, uh, I'll, I'll bring up his rushing stats as well, but he completed 64% of his passes. And you guys know uh, how good Liberty was last year. Should have gone undefeated. Uh, I mean, they played ACC teams well. He completed 64% of his passes uh, for 2,260 yards, 20 touchdowns, six interceptions, with a passer rating of 156. And for good measure, let me get his rushing stats here, because he's a true dual threat. Um, Ran for another 1,000 yards last year. So he's a 64% completion guy, had 20 touchdowns, six interceptions, ran for another 1,000 yards, and had 14 touchdowns on the ground. And you're telling me that that guy isn't as good as somebody that might not start for his team, or that guy isn't as good as somebody that's never taken a meaningful snap before in college football? And honestly, I like Derek King a lot, but uh, if you were giving me a choice between when you're talking about true dual threats like these two guys are, um, Malik Willis is better than Derek King. It's a better passer. But he he's not there. Why not? It's crazy. It's just absolutely crazy. But you're going to get this. I keep telling you guys all summer long, you're going to get bad, bad opinions about the quarterback position. Um, when we go to media days here in a couple months, JT Daniels is going to be your first team all SEC quarterback, and Bryce Young will get as many votes as Matt Corral. You want to bet? You want to bet? I don't know what to tell you. Huge Void, he says, it has a lot to do with the limbo we're in, switching from terrestrial to linear, linear TV in the world of streaming. I, I just... I, I know it's tough to keep up with 130 teams or whatever the case may be, but somebody that was in the top of every efficiency category in college football, QBR... Led college football in yards per attempt. You, you think that that person who plays in the Southeastern Conference would be mentioned more than this? Um, you'd think you would look at what Malik Willis was able to do on a nationally ranked team with the talent that he has around him playing ACC teams the way they did. You'd think you would get a little bit more cred, but. Here we are. And in fairness, some people, I think Bruce Feldman gave uh, Malik Willis a, a lot of praise lately. Um, that was good to see. I don't know if he's a first-round pick, but I know he's better than a lot of guys on this list. That's for sure. Um, anyway, thank you guys for tuning in. I was uh, hoping to get these projections in before uh, before I started, but apparently not. It's not going to happen this morning. So tomorrow... Tomorrow we'll do that, and also I'm going to talk about NBA play-in because this is my live stream. Nobody pays me for it. It's not sponsored, so I can do what I want. <laughs> and tomorrow I'm talking NBA because the play-in game idea was a great one. I think tomorrow is going to be electric, and I hope Steph Curry makes 53s and the Lakers get mad about the format and get sent home early and LeBron cries some more about how Solomon Hill um, hurt him. Yeah, that's uh, 
That's what I want to see happen tomorrow. I love Steph Curry. And uh, I think he's had, I mean, he's an all-time great, obviously. He's the best shooter that's ever lived, and he proved it again this year. And I hope they beat the absolute breaks off the Lakers tomorrow. So, anyway. Y'all have a good one. Thank you so much for tuning in. Ignore lists, even though I can't avoid it. Um, Just ignore it, because it's not rooted in anything other than the logo on the helmet. So, Zach, if you want hockey talk, man, I'll give give you some of that as well. I'm planning on watching some hockey tonight. I, I was sad I missed the Preds game last night. Um, they ended up losing though, sadly, but, uh, I'll slip some in there as well, because why not? It's the playoffs, man. Playoff hockey's awesome. And, uh, I'll get into some of that as well. So y'all have a good rest of your day. Thank you so much for tuning in. We'll talk regional projections, NBA, and I'm going to slip in hockey tomorrow. So y'all have a good one and I'll uh, talk to you again soon. Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.